Welcome, listeners. Come in to the greatest podcast of them all, the Speaking Generally podcast, of course, with me, Stephen Hussey, and George Taylor. Bigging it up, though. Giving it the credence it so thoroughly deserves. I am here in Japan, Tokyo. Would you believe it? I'm back here again. I'm doing a little working couple of weeks here, and George is in Oxford. Yeah, you left me behind this time, didn't you? I did. I took myself off. My cousin's here, but... What, where does that leave me? It doesn't help me, does it? Unfortunately, George was not uh, on this... Not, in, uh, not invited. Not on this journey with me. Um, <laughs> but what a wonderful encumbrance he is. Um, Ballast. And I mean encumbrance in the most positive possible way. Yeah, that's, that's how I took it. <laughs> um, today, we are here to talk about productivity of all things we have had an episode on this before but we kind of want to update and talk about the methods and practices that have been working well for us in 2020 because if I may say so George I I feel I've gotten off to a good start on 2020 and it's you know that's a sort of um immediately going to portend a doom I suppose me saying that but um (laughs) I do feel I do feel uh, there is a sense where my routines have been good lately. I've been sort of producing at a good rate. So I thought, let's stop and look at what's working. Well, it's uh, also, it's, um, it's like a, an industry, if that's the right word for it. But there's always new ideas coming out, right? It's easy to chop and change and try new things. And as, as much as I don't really like the word, but like hack approach to things, you can get new things and try them and your kind of routines change on the back of that. So it is something that constantly updates, I guess. And it's in of itself probably good to keep trying new things. Otherwise, a routine is going to become stagnant after a while anyway. Uh, yes, for sure. And there are a few things where I have changed quite a bit. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to dig in. Um, have you been productive so far this year, George? Yes, I have. I would say without going into, you know, extensively boring detail the work i do is um specifically focused on the brazilian community and we had a a raring january but derailed by um the the carnival that seems to take over all of brazil for pretty much all of february and renders anything you do a little bit um a little bit limited but i think everyone's back from that big holiday come the start of march and we'll be uh we'll be flying once again but i think that's a an issue that everyone working with that market comes to face. So yeah, it's given in in many ways, it's given us time to like do kind of like background changes and things like that. But yeah, it's all, um, all all bubbling along nicely. I have experienced Brazil in Carnival and I can say it, it was not a hotbed of productivity. (laughs) It was a hotbed of various things, but not. Yeah. When you're uh, working with it remote, you know, when you're working with it from like rainy England, it's just like, where's everyone gone why isn't everyone at work it's not like oh yeah we're all at the big party together i'm not part of it so i just feel like i've been you know like you're like the ugly kid at the dance everyone else <laughs> in rio is just going wild you're in the little tech dungeon like, yeah exactly doing your, doing your little internet internet stuff yeah but um, um on a on a personal work level i think i've been been chugging away quite well so hopefully i've got a few little bits to share all right wonderful um well should we dive right in then go on um so my my I'm going to start with my big and obvious one, and it'll probably be obvious to a lot of people, but 
for a lot of my life, it's eluded me. But my new thing, George, that's been working very well is waking up early. Mm. And that, as you know, you lived for me. That was not my want. No. Um, I, I'm very much, you know, I work. Well, I need to get a good amount of sleep to work well. And often I would go to bed late. So that meant to get a good amount of sleep, I'd have to wake up late as well. When and, you say um, you go to bed late, you're talking like two or three in the morning, right? So it's often well, that, a properly late the, night. That was the old me. Yes, yeah. I would be going to bed at about two or three in the morning. And, um, you know, that, that led to many haphazard work routines. It's sort of, I got it done when I was in my 20s because I would just stay up late doing stuff as when needed. And so when needed, I would just pull extremely late nights and sort of go through it. But I think it was more a, partly a complacent, partly just not needing the routine and then also just having a sort of bad habit of um, spending the evening just mucking around or I'd end Mm. up like watching a whole series on Netflix and it gets late and then I'm like, oh, do some more stuff and, you know, just getting into these sort of routines. And sometimes that was fine. I have a kind of night owlish tendency, but I flipped it around this year and just started to forced myself up. I I don't know what changed. I'm trying to pinpoint what changed, but suddenly it didn't get painful. I I started to get excited about the prospect of waking up early. And I think I I sort of sampled it and and tried really hard at first. And then I was so enjoying having these sort of, the, the mornings felt like this long, luxurious period where, you know, sometimes lately I've been getting up at five and no one bothers you for quite a long time, which means you can have like, quite a full morning. You're going to have breakfast in a very relaxed way. You can like read the papers and things. I'm subscribed to like the New York times and wall street journal. And I just sit and read them do like a crossword even. And it kind of starts the morning off in a really nice way. How, then, uh, d- how differently are you having to be the night before? Like what time are you having to force yourself to go to bed or? Uh, I'm going to bed earlier. I'm going some nights I would be getting to bed about 10. There would be some nights where it'd be even earlier. It'd be like 9 PM, but wow. it, it kind of starts to write itself. Cause once you're up at six or five, you get very tired at like 9 PM. Yeah. Kind of, you know, once I'd get into bed, that would be it. I think, um, and, and, and I don't mean this is a slight Steve, but in a quite fortunate way, right. You're, you're living back at home. It's maybe not the same as, so, you know, the same social calendar as when, we were living in London, right? So it's probably a bit easier to say, well, I can go to bed at nine o'clock. I don't have a dinner to be at all these things. And it's it's probably easier to build a routine when you've got that, I don't know, yeah, um, the lack of external pressures on you, right? Yeah, well, I think when I was in academia and things, like you say, that there'd be a lot of evening events and there's a lot of like, a lot of social obligations in the evening time. Whereas, and maybe in London, that's true a bit as well. But I've yeah, I've also kind of not been into, I've been into just doing my social obligations earlier and kind of almost getting curtains drawn a bit earlier. It's just been, it's just been really pleasant having how relaxed the morning has become because of all that extra time. And it's started to become, I look forward to that more. Whereas I used to dread, I don't know, not dread mornings, but it was just kind of, I associated it with stress and I enjoyed the night more, whereas something has flipped. And and what's happened is that, you know, I've always believed in the Dan Ariely idea that 
you know, your early productive hours, whenever it is you wake up, a few hours after that are like your most productive in the day because you have the maximum willpower, maximum decision-making muscles. And so I've always known that it's important to do your hardest work first, but having that compounded with the early morning as well, it's like no one bothers you. I can sit and say, I've got two clear hours just to do my hardest writing work now. Um, whatever that is, like working on a book or a difficult blog post or an article, and I can just sit and attack that fully without distraction. And it's it's just made me get this kind of momentum that has been really, uh, really effective because it feels like you're accomplished very early in the day, and I think that helps. That's great, and that, that really links in with a couple of the points I've got. Um, the one I think I'll bring up first that associates best with that for me is or has been doing exercise in the morning because I kind of as soon as I wake up try and get it done now I hold my hands up and say that this morning I haven't done so because of the time difference we're operating on I've had to do this kind of straight out of bed and yesterday my my excuse Steve is that it snowed in the morning but beyond that every morning for the last kind of month I've gotten out of bed and either gone for a run or been on an exercise bike and it is it's I don't know. I, I do dread it often, you know, going to bed knowing that that needs to be done when I wake up, but having it out of the way. And then, you know, if you're up at seven in the morning and you get that done and you're kind of done and dusted by eight, eight thirty, you're sort of showered and ready to roll. You've still got that productivity and you've also got um, the kind of reward from having done it. You feel good about yourself and you also don't have it looming later. And I find that I probably, I probably run better if I go for a run at three in the afternoon. I, you know, the way I've fueled my body up and stuff works better, but in a productivity sense, and I'd, I'd rather do, you know, 27 out of 10 runs than three good ones and then don't do it anymore. So for the routine of it, using the morning in that way has been really important for me too. Um, I think that says something about us, the difference between us where I associate the writing with my most stressful task that I'm likely to put off. If it, if it comes to like the evening, I'm likely to just kick the writing down the road to the next morning. Yeah. Whereas like I would go for a run in the evening. I just would kind of put on my sweat, sweatpants and go sort of thing. Whereas I think you would almost have the other thing where you would be more likely to kick a run down the road. Once it's evening, you'd be like, Oh, forget it. So it's almost like that, that thing still applies of putting your hardest thing first. Definitely. Well, where you said there about having like the, the willpower or the, <laughs> the muscle you need to get the hardest thing done. It is, is facing up to it in the morning. And I think also for me, if the conditions are kind of tolerable to go for the, you know, it's not raining and I can just get on with it and there's nothing that I need to get done. If I don't take advantage of that, I will, my mind will find an excuse to not do it later. You know, oh, well, it's more important I get this piece of work done or, oh, it might rain later or I'll, I'll find some, you know, awful excuse for it. Um, and yeah, it, just using that early time i think in i i'll have a late night you know i maybe not the same as you but i go to bed fairly late and shifting just enough that if you're doing exercise in the morning it means you are tired later on in the day and then you'll sleep and it gets you in a better cycle i yeah completely agree that taking advantage of that time is is really important yeah and i have to say that i i resisted the waking up thing i mean i resisted that a lot of my life or, or at least have struggled with it. I've tried many times and yeah, I, I, uh, I think you have to, it's like 
when I made dietary changes, it's you have to flip your brain to start associating pleasure with it. You can't associate pain because you'll just avoid it, but you have to kind of make it a really pleasurable process. Like I even get up and have like make the coffee I really like with like, you know, a latte that I really enjoy with oat milk and stuff and just little things like that make it this thing that I'm, I'm going to bed and I'm looking forward to getting up and doing my routine. So as much as you can make it uh, a sort of pleasant joyful thing you'll be more likely to make the change but it's it's been a revelation george i will say that's great i think i think for me as well that just that point you made about how and it's completely right how i'd be more likely to sort of sack a run off if it was in the evening i think an element of that is also like the isolation thing of it because i'd i'd go and play football every evening and find time for that and get my work done but doing the lonely run or the lonely you know exercise bike or something i'm much more inclined to you know bail on those so if i can get those done earlier that that certainly works for me but to follow on from that and link to my next point is that working with someone and just having accountability and i would say then it would also apply exercising with someone just having someone else there has been a thing i've tried to do more this year and i've I've gained from it either i'll just like work next to my girlfriend when she's doing her academic stuff or you know we've hung out and have work sessions and stuff like that and having that accountability certainly helps because i think and especially if we're in this fairly unique fortunate but also comes with its own challenges situation of being like freelance or self-employed or you know a student or just not in an office environment it can be lonely and that can make it very easy to slip into bad habits and having someone there to just keep an eye on you is massively important if you can make it work i think mm-hmm. yeah even even a straight you know not a stranger but just being in a cafe holds you to a more accountable standard than if you just sit in your room I think so I've been I've been trying to go out and work more as well yeah yeah that's interesting I think it's diminishing I can do on my own a few days it definitely gets diminishing when you're on your own enough and your I suppose attention can just tail off eventually it could be very repetitive and undynamic just sitting on your own doing yeah. stuff all the time so I think I think just for me as well it's so easy to just stay if if I haven't exercised as well it's so easy to just stay in your pants stay at home you know sit on your laptop you'll get your work done but you'll procrastinate a lot through the day if I've also exercised in the morning it also means I've I'm showered I'm dressed it's so much easier to just go go on I'll I'll go out and I'll work at the library or I'll work in a cafe and yeah. just seeing the buzz of people and you know, you've gone through those steps. I've come out here. I've, you know, sat myself up, made the effort to do it. You're going to work. I think it, as long as you don't get sucked into just people watching. But I think if you've got tasks to do, you're more likely to do them if you're around others, I would say. Yeah. And things like libraries where there's sort of, you know, you're going to stay till like 5 PM. It does create just this artificial constraint where you feel if I'm going to spend this amount of time in the library, I need to finish something before i leave it for sure Um, yeah um this uh a second one that i would like to go to is is kind of an unusual one but it's uh i think it will apply to people who struggle with how much to take on because i always used to for a while i got very obsessed on this say no to loads of stuff and just have this singular focus because everything else is a distraction and think about just the the one big thing and 
you know, obviously in something like writing, that seems quite like good advice. It seems quite self-evident if you're trying to manage a big task, a big writing project. But what I've actually been finding is that when I, when I did that a lot, it would magnify the stress of that particular task in such a way that no progress on that became a constant source of self-chastisement, demotivation, and kind of fear. And what I've got now is actually I've kind of taken on a few more things. There's, a, there's different hats I'm wearing. I'm, I've been doing a podcast with my brother for, his, uh, for the dating and relationship stuff, the Love Life podcast. And I've been doing this podcast with you. I've been writing stuff for Matt's site. I've been doing these Facebook lives for him every week. And basically everything has a, a weekly set structure that it has to go out. But rotating between the tasks has actually given me momentum to keep pushing to the next one. And, and I heard an economist called Tim Harford talk about this idea. He calls it slow motion productivity, uh, sorry, slow motion multitasking. And it's something that if you notice a lot of prolific people, they actually do quite a few different things. And I used to think that was some kind of paradox or unusual, but actually I realized in some ways it's a secret to their prolificness because when you, when I do a podcast say, and then I get kind of make some progress on it, get a bit fed up or, or fatigued, I move to a new thing and it's fresh again. And I'm, you're not feeling like you're losing momentum. You're moving between different tasks. I'll go write a bit, like I'm going to spend an hour writing on the, uh, my other project or a blog post, post now, do that, go to another thing. And the rotation of tasks, I think momentum has become such a key word in my life where I've, I've just realized that so much of getting stuck and feeling like you're procrastinating and in paralysis, it's, it's having no momentum at all. And it's trying to get things started. That's really, really hard. But once you're moving on anything, every next bit seems easier. And so I find that even in the day as well, if I've just started pushing boulders, every next thing seems to roll along easier. So uh, this applies to anyone who who does, you know, try and juggle many hats. More and more jobs are like this now, or you have tasks that require different kind of skill sets from you, or you're trying to manage your own business or your own, you know, create your own platform. All these things, they they often ask you to wear many hats. And I find it's useful just to almost, you don't want to go haphazardly between them all zigzagging, but if you can just say, I'm going to work on this for an hour, now I'm going to shift over to this. You're, you're not losing motivation. You're keeping a kind of freshness and that's, that's pushing really, everything forward. That's really good. I, the question I have there, I suppose, is like, what, what's the minimum amount of time or maximum amount of time you, if you've got three or four kind of balls in the air, so to speak? How long would you be able to focus on one before it? either starts to like wear you down or that you don't have enough time to focus on it. Like if you do 10 minutes of writing, 10 minutes of podcast and you keep flitting, you're never going to get anything finished. Would you dedicate a morning to one task and afternoon to another? How's, how's a good kind of rule of thumb for balancing that? I think still the major rule of thumb is hardest thing first. I think that's, that still stands, whatever it is, your, the thing that causes you most anxiety or is very mentally taxing. The earlier you do that and make progress on it, the better. Uh, and the stuff that's a bit more easy for you to do that you're a bit more natural at, um, 
do that later. But I think uh, batching is it's about batching them in the right, giving them a good a good batch of time whenever you do. So you don't want to go 10, 15 minutes between. You want more yeah. like batches of an hour or two hours, you know, if it's a big task. But something like that, I could spend two hours like fixing up and editing a podcast, getting it polished, and that will be difficult um but then i'll be sort of done okay i think i've got that 95 percent of the way there i'll do something else now and then all i've got to do is go back and just like polish the last part of that and it uh yeah, yeah again it just it just keeps the ball rolling all the time and i feel that once i have momentum on things i find it so much easier just to keep pushing ahead yeah that's definitely true i think i've had something i have struggled with has been that um, breaking down tasks or like flitting between tasks too much you know within an hour I'll be looking at three or four different things and then only kind of either piecemeal making progress with them bit by bit or just becoming very fragmented in how I'm thinking and I've tried I think the issue for me would be maybe aren't, aren't either answering emails or answering messages that come in and then being diverted by those tasks and just sticking to a task for a little bit longer finishing it and then moving to the next one so doing the batch thing without thinking about the other one while working on another if you know what i mean like keeping them quite um segregated while working on them at least but then having a bigger picture understanding to keep that momentum you talk about going yeah it almost requires you to when you do it you keep a laser like focus on the thing and almost pretend the other things don't exist for a bit and then yeah. you shift gears because it's yeah, if, the, if you're keeping them all in your head for a while, it's just stressful and uh, you start worrying about all three at once. Yeah. Um, you also don't want... There is a natural limit to too much and usually you know when you've taken on too much because one or two of the things will seem superfluous and you'll realise that thing is not really getting me any of the results or you'll, it, it will start to, you'll start to naturally feel com- completely overwhelmed all the time and you'll realise, okay... I've got to drop something because I'm just have no time to do anything else now. So usually you're, you can kind of intuit. It's probably like, there's probably a maximum of like three big priorities. You, you know, if you've got more than that in a day, I think it's quite hard to keep, keep that momentum. Yeah. Um, Hopefully your other things are small things like errands and, you know, errands and emails and admin and stuff, which. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, you got any others? Well, Steve, I've, l- I've learned a new word this week. Can I share it with you? I think it's, uh, I, I found it really interesting. I didn't, I didn't know it. Um, you, it's, haven't, you haven't been, you haven't been cruising any naughty sites, have you? No, it's not. It's not smarty. Don't worry. It, okay. I, I may be mispronouncing it, but it, I think it's velayity. Are you familiar with this term? I'm not. This is Could mere, you spell it? Uh, it's, V E double L E I T Y. I think it's velayity. Uh, the definition is as follows This is mere inclination, a wish or desire that lacks the strength to overcome personal inertia. It is the ultimate inaction, far more so than procrastination, which is merely the postponement of action you know to be necessary. If you make a New Year's resolution to get fit but never even look into joining a gym, that's velayity. If a notion to write a novel intrigues you, but you do nothing about it, that's likewise velayity. So it's kind of the more inherent, intrinsic failing to even take action than it is putting things off. And I think we're 
we're talking about things that are ways to wrestle just the putting off of the inevitable, right? Whereas this is something a, a little bit more of a, a deep-rooted factor. But it, it also plays a big part in hindering productivity, I think. If, if It's we, like something that's a bit more than a wish, but not really a goal. It's like, it's it's something you would like or aspire to, but... but yeah, I, I think so. And it's it's the facing up of it, right? But I think often it's it's our mechanisms or how, how we work or take on our tasks that, you know, put put those off the person here who wants to write a novel but has never done anything about it mm. if they had better mechanisms in, in place they might be able to take those on but yeah it's I, I didn't realize there was this more uh yeah more um existential almost kind of procrastination underpinning things but i think it certainly is a factor for people what does that um does that make you think that those things need to be you need to get really brutally honest with yourself and say you're not going to write a bloody novel, like stop kidding yourself. Or do you think you need to sort of figure out why you're so blocked at even attempting this thing? Like a, bit why of, a bit of both there, I think, because I think the other example is joining a gym and obviously anyone, I don't think anyone could write a novel or well, I think anyone could write a novel, but it wouldn't be worth their time because it might be diabolical. But I think anyone could join a gym and make, you know, make progress on that front. So I think there's, yeah, probably a bit of self honesty required with the tasks and it's easier to not investigate yourself than it is to just kick a can down the road or you know well you've kicked it so far down the road that you're never going to have to kick it again are you aren't you it's it's just completely out of your realm it's just in the ether but yeah i thought it was a a, a relevant a relevant new word steve i don't normally learn too many new words because i've yeah got so bloody many up there already my my new latest way of combating that is is just to do is to almost just treat everything as a mini experiment and the more i do that like we have with this podcast right it's just it stops it living in that world of some high pressure big thing you want to attempt and now i've just when anyone suggests things like that like we should make a video doing blah 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 i'm like yeah let's just do that let's try it and it might be fun and Treating it more like a play thing is easier to me than, yeah, it's it's almost to me, it's a mental thing of uh, even writing, right? I like to write fiction in my spare time and I used to approach it with such a solemnity or mm. kind of self-seriousness that it made yeah. it so, you know, and, and it still does sometimes where it makes it very intimidating because everything seems makes you feel inferior but now i just write fiction because i like to write fiction and i i get less judgmental with myself and i more just treat it like this is really fun and if nothing else in 10 years i'll have all this writing to look back on i'll be able to say i tried writing all these stories and things in my 20s and 30s and that'll be an interesting record of my literary attempts like it's just more it's more like a playful thing and I think that that has helped me overcome some of that just living in dreamy wish land of, you know, things just floating in my head of that'd be a nice idea. For sure. I think it's the starting, isn't it, that often bogs, bogs down progress. If you can just do the first little bit, it's so much easier to keep going. But it's taking that, reframing how to take that first step. And if it is just, oh, yeah, this will just be a fun thing, then you, you've got so yeah. much more chance of following through. I know, I know Stephen King, or he just every single day writes the same, like 
a minimum amount of words what even on christmas and birthdays he says and it's just what he's done for like decades and he just says eventually it stacks up and there's a book but each yeah. year like yeah it just kind of adds up and it's just becomes like this automatic that's what i'm doing so yeah the numbers take care of it don't they <laughs> yeah it's like there's going to be a book at the end and we'll have a look at it and edit it and turn it into something but yeah it's, uh, yeah it's almost just just a default um, yeah the diff- the different question is obviously like is it the right project for you anyone anyone could write 2000 words a day they might be absolutely diabolical and then when you look back after two years you have wasted your time to some degree if you had a more valuable um pursuit to pursue instead but yeah as a the process sooner, and a mechanism you do it the sooner you'll know if it's quick. yeah for sure <laughs> then you for can sure. then you can happily quit knowing you tried yeah 100% um, um yeah, go if, if you if you've got another, or I can fire another um, over. So um, just so, so just to add on, I guess this is an add on to the point, but um, a third one is just just constant output and as much as you can, having to put work out where and when you can. Like, there's many platforms now. Even if you're not like a public figure or anything, there are platforms like blogging is a good way. Even just blogging your progress on something, even if you don't share that blog super widely a lot of people who tend to you know put things out on a public platform tend to have a greater accountability and uh there's just a sense of tracking and measuring what you're actually doing and i i find even if whatever field you're in if you can even find a way to write you can write articles on medium about it you can like write some tweets about it you can do a little wordpress blog just if you have ways of putting out your work publicly and sharing it and sharing what you're doing, um, I think it's very useful. And that, that won't apply to absolutely everyone, but I'm sure a lot of people, um, when you actually, yeah, when you actually start producing and having to put things out publicly, I think it also helps you a lot to get your head in that publishing mindset. Um, Definitely. Or just, yeah, again, it just brings you into accountability, doesn't it? I'm sure, I mean, lots of, big big firms have kind of in-house you know like blog platforms or internal mechanisms for you know employees to keep on top of what each other's up to and that just internal accountability is also great for getting you a a little bit outside of just your day-to-day and helping yeah helping bring the bigger projects forward and on yeah any way you can be like telling others what you've done is is going to be useful yeah after after you've made some progress though right (laughs) yeah 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 not uh, because i think we talked about it before that thing of i'm going to do x and kind of benefiting from the oh that sounds great you know feedback that you get but then never actually delivering i think yeah you know tell someone about it after you've you know you've yeah maybe make the first step privately but then the subsequent steps publicly i've been seeing this twitter account of this guy and he's 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 like quite overweight but he's been showing himself like showing up to the gym every day and doing it and there's there's something really inspiring about him just plugging away and he kind of shares his struggles but he just keeps showing himself like doing his reps each day and uh yeah well, but he'll have, yeah, he'll have the stephen king effect right because it'll be well you know after a year if you do that every day it would just be an incredible amount of progress yeah yeah um he's created his own little accountability platform which i like that's great. Um, one more I have is 
One more I have is one that I've heard shared before by uh, Ramit Sethi of I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And uh, this is something I also have found very useful just on the topic of daily rituals, but setting, setting the bar really, really low. I think it's something I've talked about before, but it still helps me just psychologically get myself on the first step. So I, I even go out for runs sometimes telling myself that I'm going to do like 10 minutes and it often turns into a much longer run. That's a low I bar start... for you, is it 10 minutes? Because that's what <laughs> well, I'm, well, that's what I'm shooting for. A, now I've run a lot, it, it is. But, um, you know, even telling myself I'm going to write 200 words a day, like I, I just kind of make the bar simple because the game is getting my head in the task. The game is not making myself have to do these heroic leaps. It's just get yourself to sit at a computer and write words. And that's, that's like 80% of the battle. And so if I can say, you've got to sit down and write 200 words, it's very likely things will flow and I'll get into the task then. So uh, I do it with reading as well. Tell myself I'm going to read like 10 pages and usually build up from there. So anything, anything to push yourself to just tick the box each day will get you further than trying to make heroic leaps. Yeah, most of the time, I'd say like with reading, you're doing it out of choice or writing it is something you find engaging and energizing. It's just getting into the project, like you said. So once once you've started, you're, you're, if you're enjoying a book, you'll you'll keep going, won't you? So it's, it is just getting you into it, isn't it? It's like getting into a, a cold swimming pool or something. Like once you're in, you'll get going. It's just the getting in. Yeah, but I've noticed that between books sometimes I can have really good momentum with a book, finish it, and it I can delay starting the next book because I keep overwhelming myself with, uh, you know, not not even just picking what I'm going to read, but getting into another book, another novel, and that can cause stalls. That has caused stalls in my reading before, mm. where I've just not picked up a book for a while um, because so I, I almost I, myself I out. I kind of break down my to-read pile. Like I've got a huge to-read pile of disgusting, like a hundred books or something. But I'm in a very sad and sort of nerdy way, constantly revising a much smaller, like to-read next pile of like four or five books, where I'll pick things that either have you know been in the public eye or oh, I saw a reference to that in a film and that sort of wet my whistle to pick up that book that I hadn't thought about for a while. And I, so I'm usually quite excited about a much smaller pile. So as soon as I finish a book, I'm almost straight into the next one. That's quite a good way of keeping keeping that momentum that you talk about earlier going, I think, is just, um, yeah, finding ways to to have a smaller, more kind of curated subset that you would definitely grab something from. Yeah, Um yeah, I do. Um, I guess a lot of people with reading find that as one of those things. They a lot of people want to read, but they they psych themselves out. There was an they, article. So the the uh, the third in that Hilary Mantel Warhol like Cromwell trilogy is out next next Friday, I think, and there's like a huge amount of pre orders. A real sort of public imagination book, well, particularly in the UK, but I'm sure internationally, she sold about three million copies of this trilogy. The first couple won the Booker Prizes, or well, each of them did. So it's like a high, you know, highbrow literary novel, but it's sort of a gripping, borderline thriller that people absolutely love. The Guardian ran an article about essentially, is it too long? So the, the new books are, I don't know, nearly 900 pages. And I just thought that was such a like. Really, 
limiting and almost like reductive thing to do it's like in the culture pages of you know a broadsheet newspaper sort of saying oh you know people will be put off i mean if someone wants to read it they'll read it if it's really good it's not going to be too long um yeah there was I don't know. I, I can understand if it's too long for the sake of it, then sure. But it's she's sort of following a precedent of good stuff. And it, it just seemed like the wrong approach to take to say, oh, no, don't read that. It might be a bit too long. Well, if it's good and people like it, they'll like it. it yeah, it's, it's strange when um, it's strange for something. Well, I, we've had this debate before about whether certain things are too long in general, but it is strange when something has won plaudits and, and prizes to the extent that those books have. Yeah. And it's the finale of a very grand trilogy. And it's sort of like, well, she surely, she surely been, got the license now to have her way with her yeah, final novel and, and do it right. I mean, I, I think, and I think a lot of people find them very readable. They're kind of gripping. I mean, no, yeah, they're not, no they're like not kids like, would say, oh, oh, the bloody Goblet of Fire was too long. Oh, make Order of the Phoenix a bit more concise. Like, if you're enjoying the content, you want to be immersed in that world. And for a crit, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's justifiable criticism, of course, to say a piece of work is too long, but it was more the, the anticipation of it before it's even come out, saying, oh, no, avoid that. It, it's not, not what a culture culture advising critic in a world where people should probably be reading more should be saying yeah well especially when everyone's willing to tolerate excessively long uh tv series all the time that are way over long and don't need an hour-long episode which is more i'm more frustrated about than long novels where yeah i feel tv shows just waste people's time with excessive content um yeah but uh that is a bugbear for another day mm-hmm <laughs> Um, uh, I, have, I have one more that's been very helpful for me and was very fortuitous. Uh, I went into the communal kitchen that my girlfriend shares and there was a discarded notepad that I was able to take. And it, it's been fantastic, Steve, because it is a big pad, like a desk planner that's broken down into just the days of the week, not diaried with dates, but just, you know, but Monday through Sunday. And I have really shifted in the last month or so to using that. And before I had this to hand, I would write a very open-ended to-do list at, say, the start of a week and work, you know, I'd kind of triage the tasks, I'd work through them, but they would expand and take time. And, you know, some would still be on the to-do list two weeks later. Whereas with this, I'm breaking things down just on Monday, I will do these things. And it is it's just a much more um it's a very tangible way of doing that thing of breaking things into manageable amounts and it has really helped me just in a very practical practical way so breaking things down day by day with uh you know it's very easy to draw up a kind of chart like this to work with and then you can measure your progress and play catch up or get ahead very easily indeed yeah i i love that and i even um even just being able to put in times for everything, like even if it isn't so religiously stuck to just even, I found even having a day planner and putting in times for things, it becomes more, you become, what's the word? Inflexible in a good way in that it's like that's set in now. So that's, that yeah. needs to be worked around rather than like, Oh, I'll come and do X because I haven't really said a specific time when I was going to do my writing today. It's like if you don't put it in, it sort of becomes ever flexible. Yeah. Whereas if you say I'm going to do nine till twelve of do that, it it's like a little more sacred. 
Definitely. Um, and I think as well with one, you know, if I've got four tasks on the Monday and they get done and it's still, you know, 3 p.m., I'm very likely to pull something from the Tuesday and get ahead. Whereas if it's just the open-ended to-do list, I'm I'm not going to do that. So it, it helps yeah. you feel like, oh, yeah, I've got a head start here. I'll, I'll buy myself some more time tomorrow. And I'm in that, like, either flow state or just I've got momentum. I'll keep going. So, yeah, I found that really useful. Uh, that's great. Um, well, that's my list. You know what, Steve? That's mine too. This is wonderful. This is nice and nice and punchy. Um, yeah, I'm. You know, look at what, look at how what mature men we're growing into, George. <laughs> <laughs> not not students anymore, are we? Well, um, I'm in well, a student room at the moment. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we. You know, one important thing with habits is to remain humble because it's very easy to. I found be productive one minute and then find yourself floundering the next. So <laughs> it doesn't mean it's so this is an exercise in hubris. Is it? It's going to be it doesn't next mean week. It's all time. Um, but no, I've, I've definitely, I've, I've found myself getting big results from some of these changes and I'm, uh, ge- it's genuinely exciting when I find some practical, you know, tangible strategies that actually have, measurable results um and this is one area where you can actually tweak your routines and habits in a way and see the difference over time so um yeah share uh, share with us your productivity routines um shoot us a little comment on soundcloud mix uh, it in with you mix it in with your five-star review maybe george did you know we do actually have some reviews do we and yeah what i've noticed is the reviews are different on American iTunes to the UK iTunes. Ah, so I've only countries. seen the seen the UK one. They're holding back those reserved Brits on giving me anything. Yeah, I think different countries' iTunes uh, log different reviews. So there's a couple on the US ones, which we thank you kindly for. So we have and to log into every country's iTunes to see if we've Well, that's reviewed. what I wondered, because I thought, is there an Asian iTunes where we're getting lovely, wonderful five-star reviews and we don't Big see it? Big slagged off in Sweden. and <laughs> They can't have one for every country, but I, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, essentially the US one, I logged in on, on that and uh, it was different. Good, was it? Or were they all bad? They were bad reviews out there. Is it worth me logging in and looking? Uh, I'll let you see for yourself, but pretty <laughs> good. Pretty good, I'll say. Um, if you could do us a favor and log into the uk itunes and give me some reviews then that'd make my life a lot easier come on you brits <laughs> give us some support um thank you so much you can subscribe on the usual platforms itunes spotify stitcher and that is it from us this week hey guys stay productive yeah keep piping away and we'll do the same bye bye <laughs>